Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. And we're, we're grateful for His goodness and mercy. I want to clarify something real quick. When Pastor Zona gets shook up like that, it shakes me up. Okay. No one says, I'm going to believe a lie today. Everyone that says, I believe, they're, they're, they are assuming that that's the truth. You follow what I mean? So that mechanism that God's created in us is about being able to trust something that is trustworthy or someone. Okay? And right now, we have a trust issue in our nation. We can't trust the news media. We can't trust the politicians. We can't trust the bureaucracy. We can't trust the the financial system. We can't trust the educational system. We can't trust the entertainment uh, industry. We can't... What can we trust? And then when we try to, from fallen human nature, we get up and we hear preachers talk about how we're to trust God or we read it in the Scriptures then we're having this struggle. There's where the struggle's at. Do you follow? There's where the struggle's at. And because of that, many, many Christians are struggling to have faith in God. And, and always remember the word faith has, has confidence or trust in it. Okay? And so we struggle with those things. Especially when things don't necessarily go the way we planned them. Are y'all following me? Then we were saying, what's going on? And uh, I'm going to relate some things to you before this is over personally, so you'll understand that, that I'm not... I want, don't want to come across to you as if I have arrived and you're behind. Are you following me? Each level has another level of trust that you have to go to. If you're going to come out of where you are, you've got to go to another level. And it takes another level of trust. Now, go with me if you would to the book of uh, Hebrews. These are our theme verses that we're dealing with. And uh, while you're turning to Hebrews chapter 10, well, I'll, I'll wait to read that. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 38 through Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now the just shall live by faith, or trust, we could say it that way. And the word just means qualified. Qualified for what? Qualified in the eyes of God to stand in, to be in right standing. But I really like it the way it puts it in the Passion Translation. So many times we think 
that our trust or our faith is about our own. And in reality, you can't even trust your faith. Now listen very carefully. I'm talking about human faith. Because human faith is fickle. It's based on the emotional factor. If my emotions are high, I feel confident. If my emotions are, are low, I don't feel confident. You follow? So you cannot even trust what you call or we've been trained to call faith when it comes to what? Human faith. Human faith alone is not sufficient. Okay? Because it's ups and downs. It's in and out. Because it's based off of something that is a moving part. There's no, there's no, it's a moving part. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all know what I mean by a moving part? You don't know where it's at, where it's going to be, and when you can get it. Okay? Uh, let me give you an example. If you, if you take a week and you only get four hours worth of sleep a day, your emotions are going to be messed up. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, that explains a lot about you. Okay? Okay? Because your emotions are up and down, messed up, and guess what? Then you'll think, well, that's just the way I am. No, that's not the way you are. You haven't taken care of yourself, and now your emotions are up and down, and you're mean to everybody, including yourself, and you're basing your confidence that you can get this done without taking care of yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. That's, that's human. That's human faith. That human faith is up and down. That's the reason why when, uh, you know, we're, we're starting football season, that's the reason why the coach would tell them, get plenty of rest the night before the game. Why? You need to be confident that we're going to win. But if you're, 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 <laughs> if you're dragging tail physically and emotionally, Human faith is based on that. God's faith is not. God's faith is based on the, the, what he says because he puts himself in what he says. The Passion Translation there in verse 38, the very first part, says my righteous ones will live from my faith. Now that's important. He's clarifying whose faith we're to live by. How are you going to be qualified in the eyes of God? How are you going to be justified in His eyes? By living from His faith. The, inter the word faithful is interchanged with that word, so let's talk about it like that. My righteous one shall live by my faithfulness, not yours. Not your faith, God's faith. Here is the privilege that we get as believers. Jesus came so we could live from his faith. Wow, that really went good. So I want you to think about that when we're talking about this. When he says the just shall live by faith, you're talking about living from his faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now that phrase, draw back, means to shrink 
from declaring. So if I'm living by God's faith, justified by God's faith, and I'm living from His faith, if I shrink from declaring what His Word says, then God has no pleasure in me. It's kind of like, let's just put it where we live. Come to church on Sunday. Got all these nice songs. How many of you know all these, these nice songs? And you, you're even dressed different than you do during the week. Okay? And, and, and we know you smell better because you're not hot and sweaty and stinking and all that kind of stuff. Right? But during the week, you don't have all this beautiful array that we have in this auditorium following you around. Is the Word of God less effective, operative, because nobody else is around and you smell your own stink? Is God less effective when your emotions are not high? Absolutely not. It did not change the Word of God. Why? Because He bases trustworthiness on the very fact that He said it. Do you understand? Now, I'm going slow because I want to reason with you a little bit. All right? Watch this. We cannot draw back from what God says just because Monday has showed up. Okay? But we are not, say I am not, of them who draw back. I'm not going to shrink. Say it with me out loud. I'm not going to shrink from declaring the Word of God. See, these people that draw back shrink from declaring, they shrink from declaring unto, this phrase, unto perdition. That word perdition means loss. So if we start out confessing the Word of God here when we have a nice atmosphere and everybody's focused on God and then we get into Monday when we're having a little rough time, and we shrink back, then we lose what we gained on Sunday. That's, that's what it means. Of course, perdition there also means losses and eternal damnation when you die. But he's not talking about that right now. He's talking about living from his faith. Okay? Watch carefully. So we're not of that group, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. That word saving means taking your possessions. So in other words, I'm going to put it together here. But we are not of them who shrink from declaring unto loss, but of them that believe to the possessing of our own property that's been given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus. I am not dependent on how I feel, the opinions of others, and what's going on in society. I live from God's faith. Or His faithfulness, I'll put it that way. 
His faithfulness to what? His Word, to keep it. God is never going to violate His Word. I don't care how much emotion you have or don't have. He's not going to back off from His Word. In fact, God is more loyal to His Word than He is your need. I'll just put it another way. He's so loyal to His Word, the Bible says that He puts His Word above His name. Wow, that really went good. Now, that only makes sense. Because when you write a contract or a covenant, you have all these words, stipulations, promises, vows that you're making. Where do you sign your name? Uh, at the bottom. So God exalted His Word, then He put His name to it. You follow me? Okay. I know you're not all excited right now. But, you know, I want to hear you shout on Monday from my house. <laughs> now, the faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith or faithfulness, and whose faithfulness are we talking about? Whose faith are we talking about? God's. God's, uh, uh, now faith or his, God's faith or God's faithfulness is the substance of things. That word substance means the essence. Okay? Means the essence of things. E essence. Alright? Uh, it's the same word that we're going to use over here. Go with me to Hebrews. Where you here in Hebrews chapter 1. Let's look here at verse number one. God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake unto, uh, in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son whom he appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Now watch verse three. Who being in the brightness of his glory, talking about Jesus, the person, the word in flesh form. Who being in the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person. That word person is the same word substance in Hebrews 11.1. 1. So we could take Hebrews 11.1 1 and we could put it like this. Now, faith is the person of things hoped for. We could say right here, who is the expressed image of his substance. Now why is this important? Because God puts himself in his word. They're inseparable. When God speaks, He's not speaking empty words like fallen human nature does. Anytime God speaks, His person is in it. The very essence of His being is in that word. So when God gives you a promise, 
For example, by his stripes you were healed. 2,000 years ago, the word in person form guaranteed it by the essence of his being by pouring himself out on the cross to ensure that you understand I am not, God speaking, I am not counting on you to keep your word. I'm counting on me to keep my word to you. Do you understand the difference here? Because if we rely on fallen human nature, we can give rules and regulations, but they do not energize, they do not activate the substance of God. They're necessary. Rules are given to help keep control of fallen human nature. Okay? But the essence of God's Word being in the heart of a person is what gives them the very nature of Jesus. Do you understand? External rules will not, will not cause you to perform to what God created you to. However, a job, listen carefully, a job or an assignment, let me put it another way, a ministry has requirements because of the job that needs to be done. For example, I can't make people tithe. You follow me? I can't make no one tithe. In fact, when you do give, when you do give, I don't know if you really tithed or not. Only you and God know that. So if you take tithing as an external rule, then people will put on a show thinking that I'm qualified because of the fact that I gave. Now listen very carefully. Many people have missed it right here. If I'm in the ministry, let me give you an example. If I'm in the ministry... You expect me to keep my word that I'm asking you to do. You do what? You expect it, right? Okay. Without that, there is no trustworthiness. I would be a Pharisee. Is that, is that so? Okay. You expect it because the job or the leadership position requires it but it's not in the heart. The very, listen, what God's looking for is to get in the heart so there won't have to be a requirement. Are y'all following me? Okay, I want to make sure you, you understand. The very essence the very person, the very substance of God was manifested in a person form, but John says that person is the very word spoken. So God and His word are inseparable. 
And he's basing the person or the substance of faith or his faithfulness on his person being in the word that he spoke. Does that make sense to you now? Do you understand what I just said? I want to, Jesus, help me to, help me to get the concept over. When God speaks, he's speaking of his nature, his character, the essence of his being. So when he promises to heal you, he bases that promise on the fact that healing is his nature. You don't have to talk God into healing you because it's his nature to heal you. The very fact that he formed your body out of the dust of the ground, whenever you have an injury or sickness, what does your body's uh, systems begin to try to do? Try to work healing in you when you're sick. Guess where that came from? That was formed by God's very own hands. Then he breathed into the man the, his very breath, and that person, that man, Adam, became a living soul. What happened? It became a living being. All right. Now, when God speaks, he puts his nature, his character, the essence of his being in whatever he said. Does that Okay, because that's going to be important. Now, let me give you the word actuate. We're talking about actuating. Actuating God's faithfulness. How do we actuate God's faithfulness? The word actuate is a verb which means cause to act in a particular way. Like motivate, moving. What moves God to keep his word? What moves him? Okay. The Latin root word for this word actuate means cause to operate. In the original sense of that Latin root word is, the, is this, to carry out in practice or to stir into activity. What causes God to stir in activity with his being, with his substance, with his person to cause that word or that promise to, become, to come to pass? What causes that? What moves God? We think God doesn't, is not moved with need. This is the thing that many people need to get. He's not moved with need. That's not what actuates him to fulfill his promise. Okay? He knew you was going to have a need. That's why he made it. But he made the promise out of his being. He made it out of his, of his person, out of his nature, out of his character. Jesus is the healer because that's his nature. You don't have to try to talk him into it. You don't have to twist his arm. And you don't have to get, you know, 50,000 people across the, the, the planet to get in unison a prayer or a form of prayer to try to get God to heal one person. Are you listening? I got news for you. 
God's going to heal America because there are some people that understand what I'm talking about. Not because America deserves it. He's going to, he'll bring healing to your life if you'll understand this. <laughs> what causes that? The Bible says in Galatians 5, 6, just write this down. Faith, whose faith are we talking about? God's faith. Worketh by love. Now, listen carefully. We're talking about actuating God's faithfulness. We can say it another way. Faithfulness worketh by love. If we're talking about God's faith, we're not only talking about God's faith, but we're talking about God's love. Okay? So God's faith works by His love. God's faith is His nature. God, how many of you ever heard this phrase, and the Bible says it, God is faithful. Why is He faithful? Because God is love. Are you following that? I'm Remember what we started off with. Many people are struggling right now with all the turmoil that's in our society and in our own personal lives. It seems like a fruit basket's been turned upside down. Okay? It seems like all of our marbles are, are out, of our par, out of our pocket. <laughs> and we're having to all, and it seems like, where do you trust? You can't trust this, you can't trust that. And so we're just going through the motions with no understanding. It's because we have put confidence in fallen human nature. Others and ourselves. Are you following? Still love Jesus. All right, we're going to get... It's getting, turn to your neighbor say, we're about to get where we're going to go. <laughs> Listen to this. Right, wrong paper there. All right, look at this. Let's get it in. God is constant. What does constant mean? Constant means unchangingly faithful and dependable. He's not just faithful and dependable. He's unchangingly faithful and dependable. He's constant. Constancy is the quality of being enduring Unchan and unchanging. The quality of being, enduring, and unchanging. The Latin root word here is standing firm. God stands firm on His Word. Okay? If God said it, He will do it. God's Word is His will. If God made a promise to you, and you see it in the Scriptures, God made a promise, listen carefully, in His Word, in His written Word, then you can understand that is God's will for your life. 
But guess what? We got fallen human nature in our pulpits trying to tell you that God's inconsistent. You just never know what God's going to do. And it's been ingrained in us because we don't even know what we're going to do. We're squirrels. We start off with good intentions and wind up getting squirrely. Where do you think that came from? That's fallen human nature. There's fallacy in it. There's no, there's, there's inconsistency. None of y'all have never been inconsistent. Say, say how, many, how many times have you told somebody you're praying for them and you never thought about them again until you saw them again? You Pharisee, you. What is that? That's fallen human nature. You're trying to rely on fallen human nature. And Jesus came so he could give us his spirit, his spirit to train us and develop us in walking in the nature of God. Glory to God. Man, that's exciting right there. <laughs> I, got, I got to go with me now. Let, 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 me, let me give you this. In Galatians 5, 6, you can just write it down. If you want to turn there, you can. But in Galatians 5, says, it says, Circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth nothing. That word availeth, this is what it means. Get ready. It means to be a force or to be able. It, it gives me a comma and then it says can. How many of you have said, oh, I got the can a hold of me. I can do it. 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 Huh? What are you trying to do? You're trying to prop yourself up. Trying to energize yourself to be motivated to keep your word. Follow? Watch this. That word availeth also means to be strong or to have power. Availeth here really has to do with ableness and ability. So circumcision, making a mark, cutting away some foreskin, doesn't, listen carefully, does not energize you to live the life that Jesus paid for. Paul was saying that to the church at Galatia because the Jews were trying to get them to do something externally when God says, you have to do this internally. My faith does not work externally. It works internally and energizes you to do the can. It's, that's what gives you the ability to live the life of Christ. What gives you the ability to live the life of Christ is you understand external stuff does not energize my faith in you or my faithfulness to my word. But what does is you learning to live from my faith. 
And then that faith is energized by my word. I mean, by my love. Now stop here, and, and uh, this is something that will help you to grasp. God will never, say never. never. He will never tell you to do something that he doesn't do. Never. If God tells you to forgive, it's because he's already forgiving. If God tells you, here, here a lot of people get upset. We're, we're going to go back to this subject to tithe because it, 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 it always gets somebody. The very fact that God tells you to tithe means God tithes. What do you think Jesus represents? You follow what I'm saying? If God told you to tithe, it's because he's already done it. There's no fallacy. There's no hypocrisy in him. He does not require you to do something that he himself doesn't do. We're over here trying to understand God in our lives and we're trying to understand him without his word. You would be surprised if you knew what I knew about as a pastor. How many Christians don't study the written word of God? They come on Sunday morning because they want the hours that I've invested to give it to them and don't go over an hour with that. That's kind of like hitchhiking. You'll never, have an, you'll never have an intimate relationship. Understand this. Faith is for intimacy. Let me put it in another word. You'll understand it better. Faithfulness is for intimacy. Hello? You will never understand God if you try to ride on somebody else's faith all the time. It's okay when you're, when you're a baby. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need to bottle break. I didn't say who. I give you a chance to help me to preach somebody else and you won't do it. I'm sitting close by him, Pastor Ronnie. Here's the part. You've got you to grasp. You've got to get this concept. God designed it so you would have an intimate relationship with him. But you can't have it if you're unfaithful. And you're going to be unfaithful when you don't recognize his faithfulness. God wants you to live off of his faithfulness, not your faithfulness to him. Because see, he's got to get his nature in you. Part of his nature is faithfulness. He's got to get it in you. He's got to get it in you. You know how many Christians say, well, oh, now Pastor Ronnie, I know, I know I ought to, I ought to, I ought to. You're not faithful to God. You're living off of your fallen human nature, which is going to fail you again. How many times are we going to get this? Our fallen human nature is going to fail us again. Because it's the nature of the devil and it's contrary to God. 
Let me, I, I, I think I told you I was going to tell you some stories about myself. So I need to do that before we run out of time today because we can't go over an hour. I've always, I've been raised at church. People that, that don't know me, I've been raised, my dad pastored this church. So I've been raised in and around church all of my life. Now listen very carefully. Just because you've been around church does not mean you've been raised in church. Be careful. And so, and I, I've, you know, I've had a love for God. I've, I've had a belief in Him but I didn't know how to believe him. Did you get that? Okay. There's where we're going. What makes God credible? Why, 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 why is he believable? Why is his word livable? Because God said it. The very fact that he said it. When, whenever God says to forgive, if you will absolutely step into the fact that he's faithful... You can forgive, but guess what comes out of our mouth? Unbelief. Oh, Pastor Ronnie, I, I, you just don't know what they've done. You just don't know. There you are, depending on your emotion again, isn't it? Okay? And you're basing your ability, your ability to forgive off of the emotion that you feel. When God says forgive, the very fact that he says to forgive means that he will give you that faith that's in that word to forgive. He'll give you his faithfulness to carry through and energize you to forgive. He's not dependent on you doing this without him. His word is dependent on him being involved. That's why the intimacy... So when I was very much younger, Zona and I, was, we got married when, in 1973. I was 18. She was 17. I have all these plans. I want to I work. My plan was to be a businessman. I wanted to be in business, and I got to learn how to do this and how to do that and how to do this. And I'm going to learn a skill first and start, you know. You know how young people are. <laughs> how many of you... How many of you have ever devi deviated from your plans when you were 18? Okay. All right. And so, you know, I was coming to church, and I couldn't even keep a consistent job after we got married. So I got frustrated. People making me all kinds of promises they couldn't keep. So I got aggravated. And you know who, the, who those were? They were in the church. They were in the church. I went to work for a man that said, oh, yeah, Ronnie, you can go to work for us. It was construction. I got two years worth of work. He did this to me three times. But he didn't tell me he was going to hire everybody in the country to do those two years worth of work in three, three months. So I was constantly being laid off. I got frustrated. So Zona and I, I said, we're going to move. We moved. We moved to Houston where I got a job in a paper mill. Now, it was never God's intention that I leave here. He was trying to teach me, but I wasn't hearing it because of fallen human nature. You know, I trusted myself more than I trusted anybody else. And I found out that I failed myself. And so I went over to Houston, and I didn't want to have... I, I love God. I went to church. We went, we, went, we, we went right to church. 
fell right into church where, where we met Brother Ron Smith, a great man of God. And for 10 months there, I was miserable. Had a consistent job. It was consistently overtime too. But I was to so miserable. And it, it, I, I couldn't get this place out of my heart. Why? Because God put it in there. You follow? So I couldn't get it out. The problem was I spent 18 years of my life writing off my dad's faith. And here I am married now, still trying to write off my dad's faith. And God was saying, you got to grow up. So guess what? I got so miserable. I missed this place so much. And I don't know why I missed it so much. <laughs> I had no intentions. No intentions. Zero intentions. Zero intentions. Everybody say zero. zero. So there was no ounce of desire to do better unto you than at your beginnings. We struggled. We struggled financially. For years, struggling, trying to understand. For 10 months, we lived with my parents. Now listen, today that doesn't seem to bother people. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it bothered me. 10 months, we lived with our parents, my parents. After about three months, we found out Zona's pregnant. Guess what? Without any wisdom, back and forth, back without back we had nine hundred dollars to save for all that time. I got a hundred dollars today. It's like nine thousand. Let's put it. Now, in the meantime, I'm working up here at the church, mopping floors, cleaning restrooms mowing the grass, doing whatever I can do, and guess what? No paycheck. No paycheck. Zona worked up here for two years full time. No paycheck. I'm, I'm telling you, we struggled. I was not only struggling financially, I was struggling with my understanding. Are you following me? It wasn't until... I heard the word of faith message to begin to understand what it means to live by faith. It is the most secure and the most happy any individual will be because they're in, they're trusting God's person, character, nature, uh, his being to fulfill his promise instead of me trying to fulfill God's promise. You understand the difference? So God was trying to wean me off of my dad's faith. So where we could have, me and him, a personal, intimate understanding of one another. God understands me, but I don't understand him. 
I'm always questioning him. Why? I'm always questioning him. Lord, I'm going to church. I'm trying to do the right thing. Why am I struggling? Because you're not learning how to trust his word. Are you, are you understanding me? Faith is for intimacy. When Zona and I got married, we had to build our trust through faithfulness. Where do you think that system came from? That system came from God toward us. It's not the other way around. God's love for the church wasn't based upon God's love, your love in your marriage. It's the uh, totally opposite. God's love for the church is what He used to give the love scenario for the marriage. Are you, are you following that? Inside a marriage that's going to succeed, there has to be faithfulness based on, energized by, actuated by, causing it to produce a certain results by love. Love is what does that. Do you know why God's going to keep His word to you? Not because you deserve it, but because He loves you. Here's where we get in problems. God loves me and your confidence has to be in Him loving you to the point that He would never, ever dare to. He wouldn't even want to give any variance of His Word to you. It's absolute. So God, when God says something to you, he is saying it because he means it and his full motivation with his personality, his character, his nature, his love, the very fact that he said it, he's going to back it up. He's going to back it up. Glory to God. Oh my goodness. Now how, do he, how does God demonstrate that love? He demonstrates it this way. Through a covenant. A covenant or a contract, we have a marriage contract, right? Guess what you do? You stated your vows and you signed your name on that license down at the bottom. That's a covenant. God has done the same thing. He's based His Word with His... With, uh, he's, I mean, He's based... His name with His Word. They're inseparable. So He signs Himself to it. How did He do that? Not just with an ink, but with His own blood. It's a covenant called blood covenant. Jesus shed His blood based on His promises, on God's promises to you. He signed it in blood with his own personal name. He will not violate it. 
That's why he's not fickled. He's going to keep his word. He's not going to vary it from it. I'm going to give you one last place. Go with me, close of time. Go with me to Romans chapter number 8. I want you to get this. We'll read it out of, uh, get ready for that other translation, guys. Romans chapter 8. Oh, my goodness. Chapter 8. Let's just jump, jump, well, let's start with 30 and we'll read through 32. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, mark off in advance, that's what that means, them whom he also called, and whom he called he also justified, and whom he justified he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. If Jesus was sacrificed by the Father to show that he is serious about keeping his word, how much more would he keep his word if he is ever going to back off from it, it would have been before the crucifixion. Can we get that in another translation? Uh, you got that, and I think it's in the, what was it, Amplified the Passion, maybe. I don't know. All right. And those whom he thus foreordained, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them in right standing with himself. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, and raised them to a heavenly dignity, and condition or state of being. What then shall we say to all this, this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? He who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him Notice that phrase, with him. Freely and graciously give us all other things, including healing, provision, peace, joy, wisdom, righteousness. Hello. So now when God speaks his word, you understand the substance of that word has now come to you to produce what, it was, prom what, was, what was promised in that word. Listen, if you need healing today, God knows you had that need. That's why he promised to heal you. He foreknew, predestined, his word to be performed. Okay? You might as well just get your healing. Well, that really went with I'm sorry that upset you. You might as well just get your healing. Might as well just get it. How am I going to get it? By depending on him to be faithful. 
by depending on him to be faithful to his word. God cannot lie. Say that with me out loud. God cannot lie. Now listen carefully. You got pain here? Who in here has got pain right now? Why don't you put your hand right on yourself? Lay your hands on yourself. We're going to cast that pain devil out. Very cause of it. Okay? Glory to God. Say this in the name of Jesus. By the power of his resurrection. The authority of his promise. And in the authority of his name. I speak to my body. And I declare in the name of Jesus, be healed. Because God promised it. You will obey it and come to pass exactly the way God promised. I declare, I'm not shrinking back because I feel the pain. You follow that? I declare in the name of Jesus that I be healed. Glory to God. Now see, you got to put, put some in. Yes, Lord. Put yourself in it. You keep, start where you're at, but put, start putting, pain starts coming. Sometimes I've had to s stop it. I declare your healing. I'm not going to shrink from that just because I got a pain. Yeah, if you got medication, Take it, but take it in the name of Jesus. There's no, listen carefully, there's no guarantee by medical science that that medicine's going to work. I can't guarantee it. But faith in God's promise can guarantee that it'll work and that it will produce only what it's supposed to instead of the side effects. You don't want those side effects. Listen, I, I, after I get through hearing them advertise on TV, I said, who'd want to take that? Okay? But the promise of God can. I, I, don't misunderstand. I like medical science. It, it's helped me out more than one occasion. But it didn't guarantee my success. It didn't. God's Word never fails when I take him at his word. You understand what I'm saying to you? When I take him at his word, God cannot lie. Why can he not lie? Because he loves you too much. You old rascal, you. He loves you too much not to keep his word to you. Do you dare believe him when he says it? Stand to your feet. Please. I want you to grab a hold of this. God's going to take care of you. Inflation, deflation, recession, uh, depression. He's going to take care of you. Amen. And listen, they say, I'm going to make a bold statement. It, and I collect Social Security, so just cool your jets. Y'all didn't think I was that old, did you? But here's my point. Does Philippians 4.19 have to be qualified on how big your Social Security check is? Does it, is, it qualified, does it, is it qualified by how much your employer is able to pay you? 
is qualified by God of what God keeps his word. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying to you? I want you to listen carefully. Some of you are going to find yourself in a position where you're going to have to become versatile. Do you know what that means? That you're not going to be always able to do what you've been doing. You say, well, my, my, standard of my standard of living is based on what God promised. It's not based on anything else. You've got to understand what, what, what I'm talking about. That's learning to live by faith. And God's coming back for a people that learns to live by His faith. He's faithful to His Word. Don't, I don't mean go out there and quit your job now. That ain't what I'm talking about. So just don't, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you learning to live by, what guarantees do you have that that job's going to be there tomorrow morning? When we put more confidence in that company to operate than we do in God's Word, I'm going to promise you, there's going to come a time, Kelly Field. I got up and told what I said, what I'm saying right now to all the Kelly Field workers before it went down. Kelly Field, they thought it was going to stay here in San Antonio forever. It ain't here today. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Learning to live from His faithfulness is superior than you trying and struggling to make it happen. Well, this is one of the most valuable sermons you could ever hear. What you do with it is your problem. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for every person here every person viewing by live stream. You love us all with an everlasting love. Lord, you're faithful to your word. Thank you for your healing virtue. And Lord, I thank you for your grace, your influence upon our hearts to surround us like a shield. Follow us everywhere we go. Father, we thank you right now that you've given your angels charge over us our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the name of Jesus to use which we invoke. We declare in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, I thank you that you're filling us so full of your love. As we go into our everyday lives, your love would just ooze out of us and touch those we come in contact with, with the gospel. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Ronnie did a no-no. He went seven minutes over. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.